Hello. And welcome to Tears of Coven. I'm Andrew. And I'm Alyssa. Welcome. Yeah, this is our first episode. That's really exciting. This has been in the works for a while. It has. Uh, but now that our respective school semesters are over, mm-hmm. I, you know, insisted that we actually make time for it because we have time. Yeah, for once ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I still technically don't, but I have slightly less no time. So how about we explain what our respective school situations are slash who the heck we are? Sure. So I am, <clears throat> I've lost my voice because I was at a concert last night. <laughs> mm. So I am Alyssa. I use she and her pronouns for those of you who are interest, interested in knowing that information. I am a teacher in New York City, a high school teacher, but I am also a grad student. I'm getting my master's in education at the same time, which is why I literally have no time um, between work and school. My life is a little bit bonkers, but my semester just ended for my master's degree, which means slightly more time. What about you, Andrew? Um, So I am Andrew. Uh, I use they and them pronouns. I'm um, still in my undergrad. I'm in college in North Carolina um, in the Appalachian Mountains. And I, so I'm going into my senior senior year, just finished up my junior year. Um, and I have no time between full-time student and two jobs and various extracurriculars that I've been roped into because I don't know how to say no to things. <laughs> All right, so we should also talk about what the heck this podcast is about, I'm realizing. So how about we talk about how this whole idea came to be? Yeah, for sure. So we met two years ago? Two-ish. Two-ish years ago um, through like an online coven-ish thing. It was through Tumblr. We can be honest. Through Tumblr. It was Tumblr. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's through Tumblr. We met through Tumblr, um, both still beginning our journeys, and then found each other as a resource. Yes. Um, so, yes, on Tumblr, someone messaged the two of us and we're like, hey, we're starting a kick chat group. <laughs> it's just so laughable to me <laughs> in hindsight. We're starting a kick chat group for people who are just starting out on their witchcraft journey. Uh, do you want in? And because I was bored and in undergrad, and had very few friends, I was like, sure. <laughs> um, I can't speak to Andrew's experience, but... Uh, yeah, so I was like just starting freshman year, didn't have a lot of friends, didn't have a lot of community, and was looking for some. So I was like, yeah, why not? I don't talk to people. <laughs> Basically. But through that, we kind of fell off of talking to everyone else, but something happened. And to be quite honest, I don't remember what, where we started messaging privately and became like super good friends. And as I was listening to some other witchcraft podcasts, I was like, I want to do this. Hey, Andrew, let's make a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And something that I think is interesting is that other podcasts... It's a lot of women. Like, it's mostly cis women. Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that. Which, for me, feels like a deficit as someone who is not a cis woman. For sure. I mean, and I mean, even the ones that I listen to aren't super queer either, which is weird because the witchcraft community is super fucking queer. 
Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, at my college, um, we are fi- literally statistically 51% queer is my college population. And the largest student group on campus, uh, the largest rel- student religious group on campus when I entered was the pagan group, was the witch group. Frankly, I'm kind of jealous. I don't <laughs> think that I could handle being in North Carolina for various reasons, but I, I kind of wish that I knew that your school existed. <laughs> I know. It's a weird it's a weird alternative reality. So the other thing, because we both mentioned that we are still kind of new to our craft, and that was something that I found kind of a deficit in the podcasts that were going around. It's a lot of people who have been doing this for a while, Mm-hmm. And I thought that it might be more fun to kind of like track the journey of people who are still kind of figuring it out and still like learning and growing and shaping their craft and their path. Yeah. And as we mentioned, we've both been doing this for like at least two years. It's not, I guess, closer to three years now. Like it's not like we haven't been doing it a while, but we don't consider ourselves expert. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I still consider myself like a baby sometimes. Um, yeah. So, do we want to talk about our respective crafts? That's probably another thing that people would want to know about us. Yeah, especially because they're as different as they could be, I feel, in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, a lot of people call me a city witch just because I live in New York City, which I think is a fair assessment. Um, I definitely... I have, like, a very small little altar in my, like, little book corner, and I have to relocate it so that I can put a reading chair in, and I'm trying to figure out how to, like, make do with all the space, and also figuring out the financials of witchcraft and also living in a big city um, are definitely part of my everyday experiences. But more than that, I identify more as, like, a sea witch. I have, like, a really strong connection to the water, especially the sea and the beach, and I always have. I swam competitively in high school. I've been going to the same, like, beach destination for years now, and I have a really strong connection to that place, even though it's kind of evolved from a more family-friendly place into, like, a college, like, senior week party destination, but I just kind of have all these really fond memories, so I go there all the time, including the summer. Um... Which you are so excited about. I am because I haven't been to a beach in two eight, like two and a half years, Andrew. You don't understand. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But I, like, I'm also in New York City. I'm close enough to beaches that like I can go mm-hmm. more frequently now. Um, also because a friend of mine has a beach house in the Hamptons. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> But additionally, I consider myself a disabled or spoony witch because some of my witchcraft helps me deal with my various chronic physical and mental health issues and my chronic pain issues, most of which uh, surround joint pain in my knees and now my back, which has been a fun new development over the past week. Um, and... I also very strongly identify as an angry feminist killjoy. It's kind of part of my branding as a human being. Um, And that's actually kind of how I came to witchcraft. Um, A lot of people uh, came to witchcraft this way, I've learned. Uh, But after the 2016 election in the U.S. where the president, who must not be named, was elected, 
I was feeling very powerless. I was feeling very disempowered, especially because there were members of my immediate family who were telling me that I was overreacting and that everything was going to be fine and that really Donald Trump being the president was actually going to be what was best for the country. So I was feeling very powerless and very disempowered. And a friend of mine had mentioned that she had been like reading about witchcraft as a thing that people actually practice and not just, you know, something in fantasy novels. And I was intrigued by it. And I started doing a little bit of research and reading and I was really attracted to it. And I was really attracted to the kind of like idea of like personal power. And that's kind of how I started on my journey. It was a way for me to reclaim what I felt like I had lost in the wake of people trying to basically tell me to shut up and accept that someone who terrified me was taking the highest office in our country. Mm -hmm. And it's helped. (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Yes. It's become something a little bit different for me now, but I think that that is a subject for another episode entirely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... So for me, so you're a sea witch. Um, I, opposite end, kind of other, different end um, of the element spectrum. I have been struggling with language around where I fall, but I think earth witch feels really right to me right now. Um, I, so I go to school in the Appalachians, um, which is a really incredible place to be around all the time. Um, The mountains are incredibly old. The trees there are incredibly old um, and powerful and beautiful. And through being there, I feel like I have a connection to them. And so a lot of my practice is connecting myself with the people around me, with the plants around me, the nature around me. I really love, I yeah, I love trees. So brief interlude. When I went to a conference in Chicago, we had designated Andrew's tree time <laughs> because it was really hard for me to be in the city. So we went out to parks to make sure I was around trees. I'm glad that you had people who are that supportive of you. Honestly, that's really, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. Um, and so I, I feel somewhat connected to water as well, but it's not about water as an idea. It's about water as the world around me, the land around me. Um, so if I'm on land with water, I will f- feel connected to that water. But I don't necessarily feel connected to, you know, water everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, my friends used to call me, like, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Because I couldn't get enough of it. That's a lie. I could get enough of it when, you know, I had just been at swim practice for two and a half hours and I was, like, dying (laughs) from swimming, like, several thousand yards. And I was just like, I just want to go home to my bed. (laughs) But um, I honestly think that had I kind of, like, come to understand my spirituality differently when I was in high school... um, I think that I may have come to realize that swimming was a spiritual practice for me in that there were just kind of like moments that I like lived for when I was um, swimming races. 
I always said that like my favorite moment was the point between when you hit the water when you dive in at the start of a race and when you break the surface because it's just so still and so quiet and calm Mm -hmm. and it would always like really really energize me and really invigorate me and that was like always my favorite part of like a race was just that like starting very brief period of time where I was just like sailing underwater to before I broke the surface and swimming was also a way for me to kind of deal with a lot of the stuff that was going on in my life because when I was in high school I, I was dealing with a lot of personal trauma and personal stuff which again is the subject of an entire other episode. Um, And it was a way for me to kind of like quiet all of that because I just could kind of leave all of it in the water. So it was always a very cleansing um, force for me, emotionally speaking. And I wish that I had realized that sooner because um, I think that coming to a kind of like water or nature-based spirituality in that way might have been really helpful to me through that time. And that's the time, so it was my senior year of high school that I kind of started finding witchcraft. Because I, so I was raised atheist, which is interesting. It was fun. I don't know. Didn't have a lot of pressures that a lot of people have. (laughs) But um, it also meant that for someone who is very spiritual, I didn't have words to express that. And I also didn't, like faith communities are very tight-knit and you have communities and you have words that everyone uses to describe the feelings that you're feeling, um, to describe the people to pray to, the prayers. Like there's a lot of ritual there Mm -hmm. that I didn't have. And so my senior year of high school, I was kind of looking for that. And um, I, you know, don't know if I found it, but I started reading tarot right as I started school which is right as I started college, which is um, right about when we met. And it's interesting because I found witchcraft as the way to justify and like reason out my spirituality, but I was still looking for a community, which is I think what scared me away from witchcraft for a while. Hmm. Um, And then I found it doing interfaith work, Hmm. doing work with all sorts of folk, um, with all different spiritualities and religions and faith traditions and lack of faith traditions. I don't know. It's been really helpful and it's been a way to find language that's been helpful. See, that's really interesting because I kind of came from it from the opposite end of the spectrum. I was raised Catholic um, and Catholicism less so than Christianity as a whole was kind of like comforting for me for a while. But as I grew up, it became less so um, just because I became really, really tired of the rules, I guess. And I had a hard time with, you know, what was happening in the world and believing that, like, there was an all-powerful God who would allow all of these things to happen. And um, there were a few events in my life where I was realizing that that kind of faith wasn't providing the same kind of comfort. Um, And I happened to be finding witchcraft at the same time, and that did. Like, my grandmother passed away Mm -hmm. in 2017, and my parents, um, because my grandma was, like, old-school Irish Catholic, and my parents are both Catholic, and so is the rest of my family, 
we, um, you know, they had the priest come and administer last rites in our home to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, my mom was like, you don't have to come. But I was like, nah, everyone else is going to be there. And I was doing it more to be there for my family. And it was, you know, a Catholic funeral, which I could say lots of things about Catholic funerals, um, where they asked me to do a reading just because I'm the most well-spoken of the grandchildren. Um, and it didn't provide the comfort that it used to because mm-hmm. I'd been to other funerals and, and they did provide a little bit of comfort, even as far as like a two years previous when a family friend had passed away. Um, that service did provide a little bit of comfort, but by the time my grandmother had passed, it really didn't. But witchcraft did. Um, Andrew, I'm not sure if you remember this, but like one of the first things you said when I mentioned that she had died in the home was like, make sure you cleanse. Mm-hmm. And when I was living with my parents, I couldn't burn things because my dad has really, really bad um, lung problems. And But um, we could do essential oils. And so... I had recently found a blend of lavender and sage that was really helpful for me. And in kind of like diffusing that in my bedroom and suggesting it as a blend for my mom for the rest of the house in kind of like a not so subtle, like, hey, let's cleanse the rest of the house kind of way. That was a lot more comfort than sitting through, you know, saying the Our Father 8 million times mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So, And lavender is so comforting. It truly is. I love I love it. I love it so much. And I don't know, like, from a similar place of, like, I don't know, I had two surgeries since you've known me. Yes. <laughs> and in the in the past, you know, three years, I've had two surgeries, and one of them was okay, not too traumatic, but I had one March 2018 this past, this last year, and it, it was rough. It was a tough surgery. It was a tough recovery. I had it over spring break and then went back to school. Um, and my campus has no accessibility. It's just walking up and down hills, um, literally in the Appalachian Mountains. (laughs) And I kind of reached this like really intense grieving period, um, like really intense grieving my body, grieving just just grieving. I don't have the words necessarily to describe what I was grieving, but I was grieving something. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens at the end of that semester, um, I was on, I did a study abroad trip and I spent two weeks in Berlin and then two weeks traveling in Scotland and England with my girlfriend. And one of the things we did was scour the beach for hagstones. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, hagstones are stones that the ocean has bored a hole through. They're really strong for protection and warding and banishing negative spirits. And um, when I got home, I started wearing one around my neck. And I basically wear it every day. And some days when I don't wear it, I can tell that I'm unsettled. Mm. I can tell that I'm letting the negativity in. And I feel off balance and I think part of that it like all of it is just like this ritual this witchcraft and I collected it I made the necklace I wear it and it protects me and I started wearing it in this deep transitional grief time and it's it's kind of like like there's just it's just the small things 
that's what I love about witchcraft is it doesn't always have to be like a big thing yeah it doesn't always have to be you know big rituals and candle lighting and although candle lighting is fun <laughs> um and all of that stuff no I agree I have um not that I made it myself or you know picked it myself but I have a necklace that I wear and it's got two pendants on it it's got a pentacle that I purchased in part to scare my uh very Christian co-worker <laughs> um into thinking that I was like a devil worshiper who would like curse him if he crossed me again which uh you know well your co-worker does suck a lot yes um but um, I also, like, you know, got it for myself as kind of, like, a protective charm because pentacles have that kind of power. And I also ended up getting a um, an amethyst um, pendant, and I put them on the same chain because wearing them on two separate chains, I felt like I was strangling. Um, so, and I wear those, and there's been a few times where I've forgotten to, like, put it on just in a rush, and I always do feel a bit more off balance on those days. And I actually did blame some of the worst misfortune that I've had with the uh, public transit in New York City on the fact that I didn't have it on. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, witchcraft for me is a lot more of the little things. Something I've started doing um, recently. So I have like fairly large forearm tattoos and people like tattoos. People people who like tattoos like tattoos a lot. Yes. (laughs) And they take that as permission to just grab my arm and like just grab me by the arm and like stretch out my arm so they can see my tattoos. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know you. Don't touch me, please. Yeah. And so what I've started doing is like I enchant the tattoos Mm. with like a ward, like a don't touch me. That's really interesting. How's it been working? (laughs) Um, well, it wasn't working great. And then I added, like, I don't know, like a clause, like a lest ye not touch this, lest ye be cursed, or something. You know, that, that's not at all what I did. But just, like, don't touch me. And if you do touch me, you know, trip on the stairs. Yeah. Like, I, I just generally need to have more words that are like, don't touch me. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about my back that just lures people in. They're like, wow. You just got such a magical back. I just need to touch you from behind. God, I would punch people on like a consistent basis. I wish, I wish that was my impulse, but I don't. Like my impulse is not, I will kill you. My impulse is, and now I shrivel inside myself and die. Mm, so you're more flight, I'm more fight. Yes. In that instance, yeah. In that instance. <laughs> and that's part of the reason I started wearing my, my necklace. Mm-hmm. It's not just like physical protection but like i don't know keeping myself from shriveling yeah it's like i might not be able to modify other people touching me but i can modify my internal response i can strengthen myself yeah for when those instances happen and then eventually just deck the person (laughs) for sure um you had mentioned tarot earlier and i wanted to talk about that a little bit because not only that was like a big part of us becoming closer mm-hmm. as friends. But I also think that we have slightly different approaches to tarot, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Because for me, I hate reading for myself. Mm-hmm. I love reading for other people. I 
cannot read for myself for the life of me. I always have to like ask someone else to do it. I like will set up, I run a um, Facebook group for fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, for a specific Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, you also identify as witches or pagans or people who follow like earth-based spiritualities and um every so often i'll like offer up like a reading exchange if i don't really have the funds to pay someone (laughs) because if i feel like i need a reading on something i cannot do it myself because i can't i can't really read like impartially in the way that i need to um even though you know my cards will yell at me (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i have decks that are very much like we've been telling you this for months now can you please just get your shit together mm-hmm. and i love reading for other people i just can't do it for myself because I, I can't listen to my own advice you've been that person for me a couple of times where i've just been like going through something and you're just kind of like do you want me to pull some cards for you and it wasn't even something i was thinking of and i'm you say it and i'm just like yes <laughs> i mean that may just have to do with the fact that you're an excellent tarot reader but um that has also happened with other people that i'm friends with as well so I feel like my relationship with tarot is a lot, it's really complicated because I similarly do not prefer reading for myself. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because I rely, and I think a lot of tarot readers rely very heavily on intuition. That's a lot of what tarot is. And I do not trust my intuition (laughs) for myself, but I trust it great for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the ways that I've worked around it for reading for myself is I I do some deity work, but not a lot. But I'll ask, like, out into the universe. Universe, what do you think about this problem? What do you think I should do? So it's not just me. Hmm. So it's like a third party. Like I'm asking, I don't know, like the tree next door or something. <laughs> that's, that's definitely interesting. It's a way to do it. It's a way to get around... It, for me, it, I don't think it would work for everybody, but it works for me because I trust people and I trust others um, and I'll trust if the universe is communicating something to me, but I might not just trust it if I just pull something and it's just me. And um, also when I'm reading for folks, I I just don't like formal things. Like I don't like, I don't do... The candles, and parts, part of that is because I live in a dorm. <laughs> I can't have candles. But I have some kind of plant near me. I wash my hands beforehand. I shuffle the correct amount of times. And then I just read. And the ritual really helps, I think, for a lot of people. But I don't need, I don't know. No, that makes sense. Although I will say, uh, Target has like LED uh, tea candle, like tea lights and votive lights for like, I forget, maybe 15 bucks, maybe 10 bucks. And they work wonders. <laughs> See, I just don't have a connection enough to candles for that to be, like, I feel like the thing I like about candles is the smell mm. and, like, not necessarily the light. See, for me, I it is the light. Yeah. I also, I feel like my secondary element is fire, which is funny because I'm a double fire sign. <laughs> it's funny. So you're water and, like, you feel like your secondary is fire, which are two opposing elements. Yeah. And my primary is earth, and I feel like my secondary is air. Yeah. Also two opposing element. Between the two of us, we've got all four. We've covered it. But one of the other big differences between us is how we feel connected to our practice. Because um, 
I have a bunch of books mm-hmm. on witchcraft and I feel like the act of like reading about witchcraft and like reading about different kinds of practices and reading about you know all of these different things is a way for me to feel connected to it especially when I don't have the energy to do things mm-hmm. <laughs> um and when we were talking about that you were kind of like meh about that whole idea yeah I don't like reading about witchcraft like I do I did a lot and I will reference things as needed like if you know if I find a plant I'm like huh I wonder what a lot of people think that this does Mm. or powers that it holds but I also I don't know like with tarot intuition is a lot of it and for me it's a lot of like if I read I will try and mimic I will try and do other people's practices and it's harder for me to then make them my own or i i play the comparison game a lot yeah like oh well my altar isn't such and such and um i don't that that wasn't helpful that made me stall um and so now i just try and kind of live my life as a witch and like i don't know i have a deep and all consuming hatred of flying of like airplanes i do not like flying i fly a lot for someone who does not like flying and when I'm in the air, I'm just, you know, praying and thinking of things. I'll usually bring a plant or two in my bag. Hmm. But it's not like, like the rocks and things that I have on my altar aren't necessarily crystals with a specific guidance from a book. Hmm. They're like a rock I found on my walk that called to me. Hmm. Ah, the, the luxuries of there being rocks. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm in the wilderness. Yeah, no, that's one of the that's one of the downsides of being in the city. Um, there is a park across the street, but I never go there. But that's mostly because it's like mostly just like sports fields and then like woods. And I I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mostly because I'm just terrified that I'm going to get lost in said woods and be murdered. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, I love the woods. <laughs> I love the woods. I would just like to walk out into the woods. And never come out. I mean, most of the, like, shells that, like, the seashells that I have are ones that uh, myself or my siblings collected that I then stole from them um, mm-hmm. on our, um, you know, various family vacations. And I'm really excited to, like, go back and, like, get some more. Um, unfortunately, where we go, there's not, like, a great variety. So it's mostly kind of the same three kinds of shells. And I don't remember which ones they are off my head. But... Um, I feel a stronger connection to them because I collected them myself. And I feel like even though there are some gorgeous shells that I can't get just walking along um, that beach, I don't care so much. Um, I'm not really one to want to buy them. Um, But for me, the intuition in my like practice is kind of like, what do I need to do right now to feel connected to my witchcraft? Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes that's like, oh, um, there was that episode of, the Fat Feminist Witch, which is one of my favorite podcasts, um, that was really, you know, enlightening and helpful. So we didn't, why don't I re-listen to that? Or, oh, I've been, you know, wanting to read a little bit more of this book, so I'll, like, do that. Baths are a huge part of um, my witchcraft, mm-hmm. um, both as, like, a relaxing and, like, meditative thing and also as pain relief. And then sometimes it was kind of like, I need to just light a candle or diffuse some essential oils or both. Many times it's both because I don't 
love scented candles that much. I feel like sometimes they're just kind of like too strong or not strong enough. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I really love essential oils, um, but I like candles. I like the light. I like the energy that they bring. Although I am terrified to leave them unattended because uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to burn my entire apartment building down. And another difference between us is you do not like tea. I don't like tea. It just tastes like hot leaf water. That's what it is, and that's why I love it. So I, so a really heavy part of my practice is I love tea, and I'm currently trying to drink more herbal teas, um, because they can have some like really amazing properties, um, especially for like calming. Just like real quick passion flower and um i'm forgetting anyway there's some really great like calming attributes to teas and herbal teas especially but i've also just like past week have started getting into like tea leaf reading with like earl gray like black tea Mm -hmm. i'll let you know how it goes Mm. i don't know there's something about tea that helps me like it's not necessarily about the tea it's about the ritual of drinking the tea and like I know that when I'm drinking tea, I, it's also time to check in, like, how are my shoulders feeling? How are my hips feeling? Because, um, I don't think I mentioned it, but like you, I also have chronic pain that I'm battling. So those are a few of the ways that we interact with and practice witchcraft. Um, I think now might be a good time to wrap up, except I just lost my notes on all of the information that we need to share in the outro. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Two's a Coven on Twitter at Two's a Coven Pod. That's T W O S A C O V E N P O D. And you can email us at Two's a Coven Pod at gmail.com. Same spelling. If you liked this episode and are excited for more, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And please share this podcast with other humans and animals and plants and trees. I'm Alyssa, and you can find me on Twitter at LissWritesStuff. That's L-Y-S-S, Writes Stuff. I'm Andrew, and you can find me on Twitter at LAndrewH98. Our intro music is Hello Reagan by Loyalty Freak Music, off of their album Witchy, Baddie, Spooky, Halloween in September, which you can find on freemusicarchive.org. A special thank you to Karen Amador for designing our fabulous cover art. You can find her on Instagram at Elador. One more thing. We're looking for clever sign-off ideas, and we're turning it into a contest. So if you have any ideas, tweet them to us at Choose a Coven Pod. The winner will get to come on as a guest for an episode on the topic of their choice.